I don't have to go to practice. Oh, my God. Ah. <laughs> okay, so I missed the part of this text message. Uh, it's, it says, I won't be at practice tonight, but I still can't do two and out. So I called him a super nasty name that I can't repeat on the podcast. I can just imagine what that name was. And then he said, Lacey's water broke this morning. Now I'm at home waiting for labor to start. Now I feel like a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) They once drove to Vancouver from Edmonton to go to the Grey Cup in a Toyota Matrix with summer tires. While listening to the entire Tragically Hip discography, they love their Canadian football. John Fraser, a Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan and sports reporter from Saskatoon. Does this mean I have to start researching? And Travis Curra, a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan and radio announcer from Red Deer. Does anybody want to do fantasy Dancing with the Stars next uh, season? Bring you the Two and Out CFL podcast. Every week, Fraser and Curra will deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Can't forget the nonsense. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out Podcast. Ready, set, hunt! Welcome to episode 22 of the Two and Out CFL Podcast, or 22-ish, as uh, Brazilian Ty uh, said just before we went on the air. Yeah, no John Fraser today, so thank you for stepping up. Uh, Brazilian Ty? I'm not a problem. Glad to do it. So... The story is, uh, John gave me the heads up yesterday uh, saying that he's got to do you know some stuff with the U of S Huskies, and then he said he has uh, Hilltops practice. So this afternoon, John sends me a, a text, and tell me what you think of this Brazilian tie. Uh, it says, uh, I still don't have to, or I don't have to go to practice. Oh, my God. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I missed the part of this text message. Uh, it's, it says, I won't be at practice tonight, but I still can't do two and out. So I called him a super nasty name that I can't repeat on the podcast. I can just imagine what that name was. And then he said, Lacey's water broke this morning. Now I'm at home waiting for labor to start. Now I feel like a jerk. <laughs> I am going to well, reply right now, actually. <laughs> Uh, uh, I didn't oh. see that her water broke, all caps. And I had set our relationship status on Twitter to it's complicated and everything. <laughs> oh, now I feel terrible. <laughs> oh, isn't that the way it always goes? Yeah, so it's not a great cup, baby. I'm kind of disappointed with that. Uh, well, yeah, but if it was a great cup, baby, it'd probably end up being a bomber stamp. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but now it might be an Eskimos fan because it's born and the Eskimos are awesome. <laughs> so that's no well, good I either. Think, I don't think Lacey would let that happen. <laughs> I'm glad. So uh, congratulations uh, to Fraser, I guess, and uh, hopefully everything goes smoothly. Listen to whatever she has to say. That is the only advice that I know because I've never been through that. But uh, maybe that's coming up soon for me too because I am now engaged. I saw that on Facebook. Congratulations, buddy. Yeah, I feel like we're not going to get to any football talk uh, on this podcast. <laughs> well, I don't see the point. <laughs> now, the original uh, the, <laughs> the original plan was for you and I to maybe have a wedding and, uh, you know, just so we can oh, save no. money, uh, use it as a tax <laughs> shelter. But no, I actually found a girl that would uh, <laughs> spend her life with We were her. all surprised that you found a girl that would put up with you for as long as she has. Well, my sister actually sent out a huge thank you to her. 
uh, <laughs> on Facebook for being the, the the person that has decided to put up with me for the rest of her life, uh, or at least because and at least until I have money. Because right now, if she takes half of my stuff, she gets half my debt. So uh, <laughs> yeah, well, half of nothing is still nothing. <laughs> <laughs> So I feel really, really uh, bad for her. We will get to the football soon. I promise. Uh, let's go into the news. In the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two and Out podcast. Okay. So I guess not quite football yet. We do have a new prime minister in Canada. I feel like we would be uh, uh, goofy not to mention that. But I did write a a piece about this on cflpass.ca, Brazilian tie. What do you think the likelihood is that we see Justin Trudeau perform a ceremonial kickoff just like his dad? Uh, I think the chances are good it'll be worse. I think that it would be better. Oh, God, no. Well, there's no way. Because Pierre did it twice. He's much of a pretty boy to be an athlete. But he he, he 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 was in a boxing match, celebrity boxing match. <laughs> but he did he did take drama. He did major in drama, so maybe he can act it, make it look like he actually knows what he's doing. So you might be a better soccer player, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that's a distinct possibility. <laughs> so what happens here is uh, because Pierre did it in 1969, and he basically kicked it right into the photographers, and then he did it in 1970. <laughs> And I guess he ended up setting the record for the longest ceremonial kickoff at 28 yards. I think that Justin can beat that. I'm not making another bet. <laughs> we will I'm, get to that. I'm bet shaking soon. right now, thinking about these next three weeks and how bad I need Ottawa to lose one of these games. I'm not betting a kick from a prime minister <laughs> we to need... get more stuff waxed. <laughs> we need to look at Ottawa's schedule. We will. Uh, get everybody up to date on that one. But I would love to see uh, Trudeau perform a ceremonial kickoff at the 105th Grey Cup, that, which we assume is in Ottawa as a part of the 150th mm-hmm. anniversary of uh, Confederation. And I, I hope that he would dress exactly like Pierre, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, he, I will say one thing about him. He had a great wardrobe. Uh, almost rivals Mark Cohan, former commissioner. Uh, and and, a real, and some really sick dance moves. <laughs> yeah, he did, too. the queen. You know, I would really like to see Kohan run for prime minister. Like, you think Trudeau is a handsome cat? Doesn't compare to the million-dollar smile on Mr. Mark Kohan. Uh, and the two-million-dollar suit. Yeah. <laughs> that one he unveiled at the 102nd Grey Cup with all of the teams in the inseam. <laughs> like, that, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> so let's continue on with the news. Now, at the beginning of the year, you had said, or somehow it all came about that basically you said you would get a Brazilian wax. You said it on Twitter that the mm-hmm. that you would get one if the Ottawa Red Blacks won 12 games. Well, we're at the point. They need to win out to uh, get yeah. these 12 wins. But it's a very realistic possibility right now. Yeah, they got who is it this week? Winnipeg, and then two back to back against Hamilton. They, I, you know that Winnipeg. What we know what Winnipeg is now. They they can yeah. play some defense. They can't do much of anything else. 
sure, Matt Nichols can take care of the ball, but then when they get to Hamilton, that's a crapshoot. Yeah. If, if playoff positions are already established, it's not going to matter. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen there, you know, because, I mean, they don't have Caleros, and I, I don't know what's going to happen uh, with those games at all, but <laughs> maybe Ottawa has been hearing about this. Maybe Henry Burris is like, we have to have this Brazilian happen. Oh, yeah, because I don't already hate Henry Burris enough. <laughs> So the Red Blacks have uh, clinched a playoff game. Uh, I have uh, I did all the stats up on CFL Pass, and wow. So they haven't had a playoff game in Ottawa since 1990. Uh, they haven't played in the playoffs since 1994. Now, I do understand that there was basically 13 years in there where they weren't in the league, but the last time an Ottawa football franchise won a playoff game, do you know the answer, Tyrell? Uh, one play would that would have been? Uh, no, I don't. I'm going to guess '66 because I know that they were in the Great Cup that year. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good guess. It was 1981, <laughs> and then the last time they uh, won a Great Cup, obviously, was 1976. Now here is some more stats. Henry uh, leading the league in passing. The last time that happened, 1969, when Russ Jackson did it. Oh, man. And, again, there were 13 years without an Ottawa football franchise, but that is but a long still, time. That, that just shows how bad, well, not maybe not bad, but just how anemic their offense was. Oh, the entire 80s, they never finished above 500. Actually, between 500, yeah. <laughs> those football fans there, you can't really blame them uh, for, you know, stopping supporting after a little while there, but now they, they are... They're fun to watch, and I really need to see you get waxed. But uh, either way, I think this wax needs to happen. Worries me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still getting notifications from Groupon saying that there's uh, (laughs) cheap Brazilians in uh, Winnipeg. Oh man! Well, it'll be easier if we do it. It'll be easier to fit into the leather pants for Saturday night. (laughs) Yes, I did write that on the news sheet. You and I, uh, we talked about it last week, John and I, but. We got tickets for Loverboy. I broke the news to my fiance, and you know what she said? Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> so she's as excited as John. So she'll be our chauffeurs at the show. Oh, I would assume we might need a, one or two of those. <laughs> <laughs> or babysitters. Is that the best way to put it? I think that, yeah, it might be the best way to put it, because I don't know if I'm going to remember this concert. <laughs> Oh, man, Lover Boy and 5440, it is going to be an awesome, awesome time. Now, that, of course, is Great Cup Saturday. And I actually got a note from Brian Warrishan of uh, the BC Lions Den podcast. And uh, this is a really cool event that's happening at Grey Cup. If you're going, you're going to want to take part in this. The CFL fans fight cancer. Uh, they are going to be having its 2015 meet and greet in support of the Never Alone Foundation at Garbanzo's Pizza Pub, downtown Winnipeg, Grey Cup Saturday. It goes from uh, 11 to 2, I believe. It is free entry. And the MC for the night, Chris Walby. Oh, man. Walby's Warriors on CBC. And you, Grey Cup 2013, <laughs> you were so loaded. We went to Touchdown Manitoba. I was we were caught up in the Grey Cup. They had the they had the mascot dance off. It was a great time. 
we talked you into buying a retro Chris Walby jersey. Which I still have. <laughs> so we have I to take it there and get washed it. it. Can we get it signed? Well, we have to try. We Maybe we can uh, do something with that, uh, auction it off for cancer. What do you say? If we if you'll sign it, then yeah, I'll auction it off for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had cancer run through my family. I know the what uh, what that puts a family through, and I don't see any reason to not be able to donate money to a cause that I'm fully supportive of. Yeah, maybe <laughs> fully that's support. Sorry, maybe we can uh, see if we can help out with that. Uh, last year, the event raised over six thousand dollars, so they're going to have you know raffle prizes drink specials a 50-50 many CFL alumni are going to show up it's going to be a lot of fun uh this year the CFL fans fight cancer at Garbanzo's Pizza Pub Grey Cup Saturday in Winnipeg we'll keep talking about that as we get closer to Grey Cup and uh, the Grey Cup playoffs are shaping up uh, all playoff spots now clinched except for third in the west I don't know who's going to get it. Who do you think? BC, Winnipeg, or Montreal? Uh, I would have. I have to say BC because you know they have the thing. You have to have a better record. A tied record doesn't. There's no tiebreaker, right? Yep. So all you got to do is tie Montreal, and then they get the spot. Um, Winnipeg. I don't think they're a good enough football team to make the playoffs. Yeah. Montreal just got ravaged by injuries last week on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think it's BC's spot to lose. Yeah, you're right. Aaron Lavarius and uh, Brandon Smith are now done for the year from Montreal. And, of course, they're already missing Bear Woods, so that one already hurts. Uh, Winnipeg, they've kind of come on. They haven't been on the right side of the scores lately. Like, they lost uh, by three, or they beat BC by three a few weeks ago, and then they lost by three to Ottawa here. So they're very close. Uh, they, they've improved since they've gotten Matt Nichols, but it's just uh, not enough. As for Montreal, yeah, it's it's a long shot there. But, yeah, I really like Jonathan Jennings and BC. That's two games where maybe they should have beaten the Edmonton Eskimos, obviously a very good uh, football team there. And uh, <laughs> they've been fun to watch. I do feel really bad. we got a question to our Twitter account, there's a fellow, uh, he's in his fantasy playoffs right now, and uh, he said, uh, basically, do I start William Powell for Ottawa, or do I start Andrew Harris? And, <laughs> of course, I said Andrew Harris, but he yeah, had you have to, but... six carries for two yards. <laughs> yeah. Who's <laughs> running the that. offense in B.C. now? Is Chapdelaine in B.C.? Like, <laughs> makes zero sense when you have the best running back. Or arguably the best running back, and you don't give him the ball, but yeah, you can't predict that. Like you got to go with the horses that got you there. But Powell suddenly uh, he looks good as well. He had two touchdowns, and I really hope uh, his matchup didn't go wrong. But yeah, I'll take it on the chin for uh, that one. <laughs> um, let's so it's just a good thing you got a lot of beard because he won't feel it. Yeah, that's good. I've always wondered, like, if somebody just walked up to me and slapped me, if it would hurt. It still well, hurts. There's only one way to find out. No, no, <laughs> it still hurts. <laughs> now there's some rumors going around that Ricky Ray it might be time for him to enter game action. Last week, Trevor Harris said it was one of the worst games of his career. It definitely was, arguably, the worst game he has had this season. As Calgary walked in and basically, uh, you know, just stomped 
on uh, Argos and Trevor Harris. Uh, he mm-hmm. threw three interceptions. Uh, are we going to see Ricky uh, playing some games here right away? I don't see the point. Yeah, neither do really. I. Um, like, Trevor Harris, one bad game. And granted, it's against probably the best team Yeah, in the CFL. Um, like you said before with Andrew Harris, you gotta you got to go with the guys that got you there. Trevor Harris has been playing this offense all year, and he has obviously got some chemistry with the receivers there. And I, I don't, I think that Ricky Ray coming in, having not played all year, is just, I, I think it's a recipe for disaster. It's very rare when you have a guy the caliber of Ricky Ray as your backup, though. And if it was anybody else, the conversation isn't being made. But the fact that it's Ricky Ray <laughs> makes yeah. makes people think about it a little bit. I think. A little bit, yeah, but like, I don't know. It's it's so tough because he, he hasn't played. You can say he's one hundred percent. If he gets hit once and falls down the wrong way, he could be out again. And now, how, how does that affect Trevor Harris's confidence? If you took him out, put Ray in, now he's got to go back in again. I, it's just it's so Winnipeg Blue Bombers. <laughs> it's so Saskatchewan Rough Riders when Kevin Glenn got healthy. Oh. That's so Toronto TFC. <laughs> we just keep going down. What's next? The Edmonton Oilers? Hey, easy now. We got a big game tonight. Hey, I know you're an Oilers fan, but, uh, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, hey, two in a row. Two in a row. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Let's recap the game. Time for the Fantasy Expose on the Two and Out podcast. All right, well, starting with Friday night uh, football, of course, Ottawa clinches the playoffs here. Is Henry Burris the CFL's most outstanding player this year? I don't see how he can't be. I did not see this coming from, from Henry Burris at all this year. I don't think anybody would be heavy run, you know, and a lot of a lot of short routes and, you know, not a lot of not a lot of uh, big plays from them and they've done nothing but just keep the ball and march down the field time after time this year and put up points. It doesn't hurt when uh, you have the receiving core that Ottawa has. Oh, like it's, it's unbelievable how good that receiving core turned out to be. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the guys that they had, like Brad Sinopoli, Gray Allenson and all them guys, like, not exactly your top, your top echelon guys. But everybody stepped up this year, and they're sitting 9-6 and six now, and they've, they've got a playoff spot. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with Henry Burris being able to get them the ball time and time again. Last week, I had sent out the tweet from the 2-and-out account saying, is it crazy that Trevor Harris uh, should be considered as MOP? And I, I just look at, uh, basically, at the end of the day, MOP doesn't really look at uh, the situation that the Argos are in. What have they had three real home games or something like that. The fact that they're still doing what they're doing, I think should put him in the conversation, but Burris, uh, the yards he keeps putting up is incredible. There's no shortage of words for that. Now, a lot of people are in their fantasy playoffs right now. If you made the pickup for Willie Powell and you started him, you're happy. Yeah. I would... (laughs) To say the least. I'm really glad that I missed the playoffs and had Jeremiah Johnson. Oh, you know, you came on at the end of the season. but Yeah. Just too little, too late. If you suffered any injuries, maybe you were stuck with the Edmonton running backs. Uh, And I know Shakir Bell had a good game. 
But it's Willie Powell. I know it's one game, but they had him involved in the receiving game, four receptions. He got 12 carries, so basically 16 touches. Uh, he had a very nice-looking game for mm. Ottawa. Uh, their defense continues uh, to look great. There were no double-doubles in this game at all, but Munoz, he's one of the most underrated, I think, linebackers in the entire CFL. He uh, was with Edmonton uh, a few years back. He was great there. He continues to put up numbers and continues to lead the defense, but Jarrell Gavin's nine tackles. Uh, if you have him in the secondary, that's nice. As for uh, Winnipeg, man... <laughs> <laughs> Darvin Adams is good. Uh, they had Cam Marshall really involved. His receiving uh, was great. But Clarence Denmark, he had a touchdown in this one. I think we may have seen the downfall of Clarence Denmark. He's definitely not what he used to be. That is uh, no. pretty evident now. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with teams have found ways to shut him down. Whether it's getting physical with him on the line or they're able to jump routes. I don't know if he's giving stuff away or what it is, but yeah, it just has been really inconsistent for him the last two or three years. Haralahu is uh, pretty good at punting. Uh, good thing he lost his uh, <laughs> lost his uh, field goal kicking job. Uh, the defense for Winnipeg has been stepping up lately. Uh, Khalil Bass, twelve tackles. Washington. That's- yeah. That's an unreal number. Yeah, he had 10 tackles. And Jamal Westerman, he's my vote uh, for most outstanding Canadian. Um, Jerome Messam doesn't get into that conversation leading the league in rushing. Uh, and, you know, I, I really want to – I feel like if he got the ball more, it would it, – It wouldn't be a question. No, yeah, it would be no question, but – 15 sacks from Westerman. Yeah, that's that's Cameron Wake territory. As a Canadian, yeah. So I I think he's got it. He's definitely got to be a finalist. Uh, oh, for sure. I don't think there's any question about that. I hope. I'm really rooting for him to get to uh, 20. But if he, if he can get 18 or something, you know, a sack a game, basically, that would be an incredible season. Uh, Red Blacks win 27-24. They are in the playoffs, and they still have a shot at uh, maybe getting into first place. Uh, from worst wow. to first in a single year? It's been done. <laughs> it's been done? <laughs> I'm sure it has, actually, in this league. I just don't know who. I, yeah, uh, that would take some digging, but they, 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 found something to, they found something that works in Ottawa. It's nice to see, don't get me wrong. Like I, I don't wish any uh, market in the CFL any ill fate, except for maybe Calgary. <laughs> um, but when your nation's capital finally does have a team, and it looks like it's pretty uh, set in stone that they'll be there, they got a pretty good ownership uh, group. Um, it's just nice to see them finally relevant again, and not a two and sixteen disaster like it was last year. Yeah, listening to the bleed red blacks guys, it it sounds like they have a really cool experience too that's kinda revived the area around the stadium. They got all kinds of restaurants to hit up and it, it seems like they've created an awesome game day atmosphere there that makes fans want to go. And I know we like to talk the doom and gloom of the Argos and the Lions and their lack of attendance, but there's a lot of bright spots as well, the the Hamilton situation, the Ottawa situation, uh, 
Calgary's attendance is up and Saskatchewan still. Uh, I think people yeah, are just I, buying season tickets because they, they want to get into the new stadium, but it still counts. Yeah, absolutely. People are still showing up. There's not a ton of empty seats, and especially with the way the team's been playing. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's nice to see, uh, you know, full stands, regardless of where it is, know that the league is uh, still alive and well across country. Calgary and Toronto uh, ended up playing Saturday afternoon. I didn't get to watch the game. I was on the way uh, to Edmonton to watch the Lions and Eskimos, but uh, a lot of people in the stands were kind of like, oh, man, because if Edmonton loses the BC, then guess what? Calgary is in first, but uh, Calgary, if they keep winning, then uh, they're going to, uh, because Edmonton just hasn't been doing it very convincingly. They were without Cornish, and uh, I guess Messam wasn't ready enough to play yet. So they went with Matt Walter, and they didn't have much of a running game. Soon, Messam and Cornish in that backfield. Oh, is that fair? I, how do you how do you stop? I don't know. Only one of the most consistent running backs that the CFL has ever seen in John Cornish. And if you do end up stopping, well, now you have the league's leading rusher coming in as his backup for a draft pick and a kicker. It's neither here nor there. But at Calgary's class of the league, as they always are, it seems, um, put up 17 points against nothing in that first half, and right away you knew that nothing was going to take that away. They just kind of kept rolling like they always do. Yeah, with the 27-15 win, uh, that gives your favorite coach in the Canadian Football League, John Huffnagel, his 100th career win. Next. (laughs) (laughs) You were taking a deep breath. I was wondering if I was going to have to get the angry elk out. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought about uh, telling you earlier that you might want to have that on uh, (laughs) uh, nearby because I could drop it any time the minute you start bringing up Huffnagel, but I I think I'll be okay. There's been a lot of talk about Huffnagel again, especially regarding next season. And, of course, there was that. Uh, talk of him going to Saskatchewan, and maybe there is more more truth to Huffnagle just wanting to be a coach, and uh, it's got to be the favorite part of his job. And maybe the uh, brain trust in Calgary says, "Hey, we want to move forward with the original plan of having Dickinson being the guy." Because let's face it, if he's not the guy in Calgary soon, he's gone. There's going to be another team that's going to snatch him up. Well, I mean, you look at the situation of a lot of teams. Is Saskatchewan going to re-sign Bob Dice as their head coach? No. Is Well, exactly. He's going to be <laughs> he's going to be interviewed for it for sure. Yeah. But is, does he get the job? Who knows? Montreal at 5-10, and 10, well, they fired their coach already this year. Now, with Jim Pop, you know, he's not going to be coaching next year, so Montreal will have an opening. Uh is Tedford's job safe in BC? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, the Lions have the, I, I think, the youngest team in the entire league. I feel like there's a lot of upside there, and I feel like things have kind of settled down for them. They've had some tough losses, but I think they'll give them another year. I know Wally probably not the most patient cat uh, mm-hmm. in the league because he's used to winning, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there is openings, so if... Huffnagel ends up wanting to 
State coaching, and that means Dave Dickinson's got to go. There's going to be some team is going to have a place for him to either be the OC again for a year, or he'll get a head coaching job for sure. I would think. Bo had an okay game, uh, 266 yards, two touchdowns. Eric Rogers continues uh, four four catches for 91. McDaniel seven for 74, and a touchdown on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, yeah, they had a great game. Freddie Bishop had the three sacks. Uh, McDonald Johnson each had a sack. No double doubles though. Uh, greatest name in the CFL though. Tell me if you agree with this. Charlie Power. Ooh, that's a tough one. He's up I think there. You might, I think you might have it though. He, <laughs> he's definitely up there. Uh, Tavon Campbell, by the way, had it in the notes. He made a CFL debut. Uh, Toronto tried to pick on him, but he did okay. He had three tackles, and uh, he had some pretty good coverage there. As for Toronto, man, uh, they don't have much of a running game. At the beginning of the year, they they looked okay. Whitaker was having some big games, but this one, five carries, 21 yards, but that happens when you get down early. Uh, it was 17 nothing at halftime at that point. you got to start throwing Hazleton, Gurley, uh, Spencer, uh, the names you keep seeing on the stat sheet, those rookie guys, man, uh, they keep uh, bringing it. And as for anything else, no double-doubles, nothing of note uh, on that side of the ball. I think Toronto will be, uh, it should be better this year again. Uh, at Tim Hortons Field against the Montreal Alouettes this week, despite, uh, what is there, five days or something in between home games for the for the Jays, so uh, well, there's no more guaranteed home games. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but after, well, since well, is it six twenty here? We're recording the fourth game six, so there is a chance. I think it's just easier for Toronto for the Rogers Center not even have to worry about a changeover. For now, they can just tell them no and deal with it when the time comes. Do you think the biggest deal here is that? They don't want to compromise the diamond for the Jays uh, with a changeover, or are they just kind of being stubborn? Because in 1993, or in the early 90s, when uh, both the teams were good, of course, Gretzky owned the Argos and John Candy, so maybe they had a little bit more of a... A little bit more pull. Yeah, a little bit more pull at that time. Is it them just being stubborn, or is it them kind of... You know, uh, not wanting to compromise the Jays' playing surface. Uh, I think it's a mixed bag, really, because uh, they got to take the mound out, and you know how pitchers are, the creatures of habit. Yeah. Now you're, you're changing that uh, around all the time, and in the playoffs, pit, pitching's at a premium. Um, but at the same time, nobody ever really wanted the Argos in Rogers Center to begin with. Yeah. So I think this is just kind of uh, not necessarily an excuse, but it just helps with the reasoning behind it, and they know that they're going to be leaving anyway. Yeah. So I think they're just kind of the further they can get away from the Argos, the, the less headaches that they're going to have as an operate as an operations point. Yeah, and so. it's not a new issue in Toronto. It's been a long time, long time yeah. coming here. I mean, uh, basically, the only reason the Argos were there is because they offered them free board. Uh, they didn't have to play there. That happened a number of years ago. But uh, that's the only reason they stayed. They should have went to BMO when it was originally built, but that didn't happen. Now things finally, <laughs> finally happen the way they're supposed to next year. That's, that's going to be a, that's going to be a great stadium 
for a football game. I agree. You got the lake right there. The wind, like finally, you know, I love outdoor football. I don't think football should be played indoors to begin with. That there's nothing more I love than watching a game where it's blizzarding the whole time, or it's just windy and you never know what's going to happen. It adds that extra element. Now kicking is going to be at a premium as when you're in a dome. It it's kind of uh, not necessarily a given that you're going to make a kick, but there's no outside factors. Yeah, we did see the snow start to come a little bit during the Tie Cats and uh, Alouettes game on Sunday, and I was loving it. I'm like, yeah, great cups <laughs> right around the corner, baby. Yep. <laughs> Saturday night football, I know maybe a lot of people were watching hockey, but I was in the stands, uh, Commonwealth Stadium, and maybe the most exciting game I've been to all year long. It was definitely the loudest that uh, Commonwealth has gotten all year long. Overtime game, 26-23 win for the Eskimos. They've now won six in a row, and, oh, man, fans were calling for Mr. James Franklin, Mike Riley. Three interceptions. He goes 24 for 40, throws for 332 yards. I don't know if you got to watch any of this game. Uh, Darius Bowman, wow. Uh, <laughs> 198 yards receiving. A, kind of a, a vintage uh, Darius Bowman uh, a performance there. He was unbelievable there. Riley did step up when it mattered, though. Uh, yeah, I was I was at the Bobcats game here in Lloyd, and... Uh... Of course, I had my phone, so I was watching kind of on my phone and watching hockey game at the same time. But I turned it on. I think there was that final drive for Edmonton. Yeah, buck forty nine left, down by three. Yeah, and just Mike Riley, cool, made the plays he had to make. Didn't try to overextend himself. You know, march his team down where they can. All they had to do was tie the game. You don't have to get a touchdown here. Take your chances in overtime, and it worked out. Didn't work out for my CFL pick them, but. You know, a win for Edmonton right now is huge because now they are in first place with the tiebreaker and they can host that West Final. Yeah, I picked uh, Lions as well, and I, I was feeling pretty good uh, <laughs> at that game. But I, I, I'll take a moral victory. Uh, that doesn't count as far as <laughs> points go. <laughs> well, they covered the spread. Yeah, they definitely did. They definitely uh, <laughs> did do that. Uh, what I didn't get was a buck forty nine left. Fans start leaving. Yeah, that's nothing new in Edmonton. Well, I know it's kind of chilly outside. I know it's an October night. My, you know, There's my... no parking anywhere, so you have to take the LRT or public transport to get down there. Yeah. It becomes a nightmare. People are trying to beat the rush to get into that the freaking LRT station, which is a joke with, yeah. how, with how many people they got to try to squeeze in there. So I think that, that had a lot to do with it. They didn't really have a lot of faith in Mike Riley after throwing three picks. And I think that's the biggest part of it, uh, that they were like, uh, this ain't happening. But he did it. And uh, there were actually people that, you know, the the landing before you go down the stairs into the concourse, uh, when they tied mm-hmm. the game, <laughs> they went back up to their seat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, we're going to go to <laughs> overtime now. And the fans. Oh, no, I never left. I never left. <laughs> yeah. I'm a real fan. <laughs> Yeah, the fans were on their feet. Uh, that was the loudest I'd seen in that stadium all year. That's really exciting. I know they have playoff well, tickets. The second loudest. Yeah, other than when the Riders were there. Well, uh, I was thinking ACDC when we got the faces melted off. That was that was pretty loud. Yeah, that uh, that gave me a concussion. I think uh, <laughs> that was really loud. Uh, <laughs> so the the fans on their feet, making a lot of noise, and uh, 
I know they want to have some exciting games because their playoff tickets are on sale right now. Mm-hmm. And if they finish first, there's going to be three weeks between their final game of the regular season and the Western final. It's going to be tough for them to stay top of mind when they're not on the field for three straight weeks. Last year, they only had 26,000 in the stands. They did get really loud for that game, but there's no reason they shouldn't be able to get 40,000 in the stands at Commonwealth Stadium. Now, there was some talk of this. I don't know what you think about this, that maybe in Edmonton they only want to sell tickets on kind of the uh, west side. No, the east side, sorry, uh, because that's the TV side of the stadium, and then it would look pretty good. For me, as a season ticket holder, I sit on the 50-yard line, about 10 rows up in the upper deck on the west side. I wouldn't want to trade that for some 25-yard line stuff on the you know the east side. No, they do the same thing in the dub. Yeah. In Saskatoon, it's, if you have those upper seats and it's a televised game, because Sportsnet does that every Friday, they will get people to move down, make, it, make the building look full. Yep. I get it. it. It doesn't change anything on the TV, for a TV broadcast. The fans are still going to make the same amount of noise, but why would you want them only on one side of the stadium? A fan buys their ticket, let them buy whatever they want. I think it's stupid, but I get I get it because it's optics for the league. Yeah, but I, it serves no other purpose. I know they want to look good on TV, but you got to think about the paying customer too. Uh. And at this at this point of the year, you're not going to make you're not going to get new fans because they're watching they're watching a TV broadcast and there's butts in the seats. If you're watching a CFL game, you 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 already know what this product is, or you know your parents would watch it and you would watch it with them. It's the optics that they, they want. It doesn't make any sense to me. If you're tuning into a CFL game, you already know what is, what this is. And this sounds kind of negative, but I think all it does is it gives those NFL fans, you know, oh, look, the, the TV's full. At this point, I really don't care what they think. Uh, no, I care less. <laughs> so... Just leave it be. Let the fans be happy. Uh, I'll keep my tickets. Uh, I think the biggest concern they have is getting fans there in November because of <laughs> uh, Edmonton. It's just uh, beautiful outside in November, isn't yeah. it? Halloween night, minus 30. Now, uh, yeah, sounds I, great. I think it's another thing there. I don't think that Canadians are as tough as we used to be. <sighs> well, I guess we'll find out how tough I am in Winnipeg, but it's <laughs> It's to be honest. I'd rather watch a game at home. Yeah. It's you get you're at home. You don't you're not paying ten dollars for a beer. You know you got the best seat in the house. You're not down at the other end of the field if you had to get tickets on the goal line and all this stuff. The best fan experience is still on your couch at home. Yep. Now the stadium experience can be something totally different depending on where you're going and what time of year it is, but. Uh, getting people to go when it's that cold and yeah, it's just people are creatures of habit. Like like I said, like, it starts to get dark at six o'clock. Well, everybody wants to be inside. They don't want to go out anymore. And, and I think that's just it's just what happens. Maybe that's the generation of uh, the seventies. You know, the stadium is new in Edmonton. Uh, your TV wasn't as nice at home. Uh, maybe you didn't even have the channel. Or maybe it wasn't even on. So you had yeah. to go to the stadium. Maybe it was blacked out in uh, some cases. So you had to go to the stadium to see the game. Now, that would not go over very well if they started doing that again 
these times. But uh, I still think nothing beats the stadium. Now, last year at the Grey Cup, it, w- it was really cool. They, they kind of had a halftime uh, panel, and I, I think they've been doing it in uh, BC all year long. So showing you the highlights on the screen there, I think they had Anthony Calvillo, and they had, like, Jason Claremont uh, doing, uh, you know, what's going on with the game at halftime. And I think that's a pretty good start. I, I, I don't know how else to get fans to the stadium. You know, they're doing the same old things, the subway, uh, jump on a sub, make a sub. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I can come up with is get Rod Black to call every game and nobody's going to want to sit at home to watch anymore. <laughs> get you and me to call the games. Well, oh. then there'd be nobody at the stadium. <laughs> Uh, I like that. Uh, Shakir Bell, uh, he actually had a nice game. 13 carries, 91 yards. Uh, big standout uh, for Edmonton in that game, especially uh, near the end in, in overtime. He had the big, big runs. Dexter McCoyle had the big interception in overtime. As for BC, something is in the water, or I don't know. Manny Arsenault and Jonathan Jennings have this incredible chemistry. That's another touchdown for the Manny show. Yeah, he's the last, I don't know, five, six weeks, he's been can say he's been back to old yeah. Emmanuel Arsenault where you can count on him to make that catch in crunch time. He's going to get you a touchdown. He's going to get you between five and ten catches, and he's going to get you around 60 to 100 yards. That's exactly what he did this week. You know, after saying Montreal is not that good, he's starting to back it up now, and he's playing way better than he was at the start of the year. Hoffman Ellis had uh, eight tackles and an interception. He's looking pretty good uh, since Elamimian went down. Big Hill, uh, five tackles, one sack. You get what you expect from uh, him there. Ronnie Yell had the big pick six uh, early in the game. <laughs> it was like, what, Edmonton throwing from their three-yard line, something crazy like that? Uh some housekeeping notes as far as Edmonton goes. They have signed Eddie Steele to an extension. And at halftime at the game, this was really cool, the Eskimo Empire podcast. I finally got to meet meet uh, Uncle Tim. He's the Lord of or he's the uncle of Commonwealth. And then I met Lord Touchdown. Uh he's got a knight helmet. And he, he like created the Eskimos logo to go on the side. He had like a sword and everything. Like this guy was awesome. I uh, got to meet that guy. He told me how much he hated Ryder fans, of course. I was wearing my Scott Not Schultz uh, jersey. Plaza of Honor, baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they were very accommodating. Got to talk to those guys. Uh, they call it West of Us. They have a big meeting on the west side at halftime, so good to see uh, those guys. We move on to Sunday where we did see a little bit of snow in Montreal. I love those games. Uh, Hamilton. And Montreal, Kevin Glenn, three days to prepare oh. for this one. <laughs> the revolving door at quarterback for the Alouettes continues. Wow. Like, I don't understand what's going on there. I don't. <laughs> uh, I don't I, Kevin Glenn, probably their best option. Yeah, they don't look keen keto, Jonathan Crompton, but to put him in after only three days with the team, that seems a little desperate. Yeah, that was kind of... You, you'd think... It just shows the difference between Calgary and Montreal. You know, uh, Calgary won't put a running back in, but they let Glenn uh, run the offense in Montreal. You know, he had three interceptions. He he threw for 226 yards 
And he, he is able, you know, to throw to a guy he throw he threw to before. Uh Nick Lewis. He gets to throw to uh SJ Green, but the offense really didn't do all that much. Uh Will Venable had a big game. He had the sack and the forced fumble, eight tackles. Uh as for uh Hamilton. This is really interesting. They have the most rushing attempts in the Canadian Football League over the past three games. What a difference in offensive philosophy since the beginning of the season with Zach Caleros running the offense. Well, gunslinger. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, he can throw the ball 45 times. You don't have to worry about it. But now, you know, they got Jeff Matthews in there only threw the ball 25 times. So, you know, you're starting to spread out the offense, and that's going to do nothing but help Matthews. Uh, not that he needs it. Really, he's proven that he can play quarterback in this league. Yeah, he had but, a very efficient game, uh, 21-25, 241 yards. Yeah, that's that forty. Was that 84% completion rate. That's not bad. Yes. Not bad at all. And the running game being there and they're running the ball as much as they are, that does nothing but help his chances. Michael Ford, he had six carries, 45 yards. Anthony Woodson got in there as well, 12 carries, 38 yards. Uh, Tasker had a big game through the air, 107 yards. He had that ridiculous ridiculous yeah. over the over the shoulder catch you know i've been reading on riderfans.com a lot of the fans on there saying that the league isn't exciting this year saying that it's just crap football you know i know that there's been a lot of penalties to start the year and maybe that has to do with how bad the riders are doing uh that they just hate on the entire league because the riders suck so bad yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> because <laughs> there hasn't been a lot of great football games. But uh, I think the but. stat I saw was thirty-eight percent of games have been decided by four points or less. Yeah, well, there's <laughs> ha- two of them this week again. Yep, and well, a lot of close that, games. Yeah, you're you're given every chance every chance to uh, march your team down the field, and especially with only a twenty second play clock the end of the game when it's three or four points, it's not over. Um, you know, and those close scores just, I think, help to uh, keep fans engaged if they're already watching. They're not going to turn it off because it's a 10-point lead with a minute to go. Yeah, so Hamilton wins that game. It's uh, 23-11. Montreal's playoff hopes are uh, falling out of their grasp. So Montreal has three games left. Uh, they're against Toronto, then they have Edmonton, and then they have Saskatchewan. Uh, but things are... Uh, they have to they have to be better than a tie with BC and Winnipeg, so mm-hmm. things are getting tough for them. Now, we are recording this podcast on Back to the Future Day, which, of course, came out in 1985, or it was yeah. centered around that. Uh, the BC Lions went 13-3 and that year. The CFL was still on a 16-game schedule. Uh, the Bombers were good. They were 12-4. and <laughs> Uh, the the Eskies went ten and six. As for the East, it was still the Montreal Concords, uh, eight and eight. It was the Ottawa Roughriders, seven and nine, and the Hamilton Tiger Cats, eight and eight. The winners of the Grey Cup that year, the BC Lions, back to nineteen eighty five. That is did awesome. The, uh, the, did they have Louis Pasaglia as their quarterback? <laughs> Kicker. <laughs> he played some quarterback. Oh my! Let's let's look here because we gotta look that up. The All Stars that, that might be the better name in the CFL. Oh, you know what? That's true. 
uh, <laughs> all stars that year. Matt Dunnigan was uh, an offense uh, uh, all star at quarterback there. Uh, let's look up the 1985 champion, BC Lions. This is great. Back to the future. Maybe we should play some Huey Lewis in the news. Oh, a little power of love. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed. <laughs> so let's let's see if we can. Oh, Don Matthews was coaching the Lions then. Oh, jeez. Is awesome. CFL's most outstanding player that year, Mervin Fernandez. <laughs> oh. <laughs> James Quick Parker, an all-star at defensive end for the Lions. Oh, man. This Pis- was all before we were born. And Pisaglia still was, or he was the kicker. Uh, mm. Oh, Sandusky was the... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm a big fan of these uh, 1985 BC Lions. Man. <laughs> well, how can you not be? <laughs> I agree. How can you not be? Okay, so two and out CFL podcast, uh, Fantasy League. Uh, the playoffs do start this week. Uh, it is going to be the Deflatriots versus the uh, Boatmen. Uh, so that is going to be uh, a matchup. I know there was some trash talking on our Twitter account. I think the Deflatriots might be uh, the team to beat here. And it's also going to be the Hell Caminos versus the Walby Pops. Uh, oh, that's a great name. I know. <laughs> <laughs> From a guy that says he's never played fantasy football, he finishes the year 14-3. and three. He lied. You and I bought him of the league. Uh, you're 3-13, and 13 and uh, I'm 5-12. and 12. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a real rough year for Chris Schultz's mustache. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to grow that back. Maybe maybe that was the problem. That's what I'm blaming it on anyway. So that is back to the future. You have to assume that Schultz, he had the mustache in 85. Oh, I can almost guarantee that. <laughs> Everybody had a mustache in 1985. A mustache and a mullet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how my dad got my mom. <laughs> Don't you wish women were still attracted by that? No. Because you have a pretty greasy mustache right now. It's a whole beard, but the rest of it just doesn't show up. It's so tacky. <laughs> well, it looks like a mustache. Yeah, it's two and a half months worth. <laughs> nice, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Except, yeah, your two and a half months would be my four years. <laughs> All right, let's make the picks. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. All right, Friday Night Football, Montreal in Hamilton to take on Toronto. <laughs> Wait, let me, let me do the math on this one. <laughs> it just sounds goofy, man. Yeah. It, oh, boy. It, it's nice to have a, a doubleheader. On a Friday night. Uh, yeah, it'll give me something to do uh, after the Jays game is over for sure. Yeah, hopefully. Hey, just a second. Are the Jays in the afternoon again? 
No, Friday they are the only game in town. So oh, they just wait okay. start. Okay. Okay, so that is uh, all right. Then uh, it'll be Montreal and Toronto. Who do you got in this one? Toronto. Yeah, I, I think that they <laughs> answer back uh, for sure. Yeah. Like, Montreal just doesn't have anything going right for them. They haven't for the last month. And now it's just, who knows? Kevin Glenn might steal a win here. You never know with another week to uh, game plan with his team, but I, I still think Toronto is the better team. Yeah, uh, I think so too. Now, we had, I guess we can now call it the official band of the Two and Out CFL podcast, Poor Young Things. Uh, John actually bought their album and he kind of like pledged to them, you know, the fan thing. And Mm -hmm. one of the guys from the band created a video saying that he listens to the podcast all the time. Oh, I'm guessing that would have been Stevie. So I don't know if he just did that because we paid him, but. (laughs) No, uh, John went to school with the bass player. All right. So, uh, yeah, when they were in uh, Thunder Bay. Official band of the Two and Out CFL podcast, Poor Young Things. Uh, I like it. I hope they like us associating them with the Argos. Uh, wouldn't even tell them. <laughs> just, you know, just, yeah, you're like, you're like the, you're our newer version of Tino Sanceri. Just uh, take that with a grain of salt. Oh, I, uh, if they hear this, I, I don't know. We might get, we might get taken to court. Uh, <laughs> the the second half of the doubleheader on Friday, it's the f- feline bull, the Tiger Cats, and the Lions. This one, I think, could go either way. Uh, it could, but Hamilton, I don't know. They're two-game winning streak right now, first place. You know, a win really solidifies them winning the East. I would think, and they're up two games if Toronto does end up losing. Um, yeah, it's BC could come out too and Jennings could throw for another 350 yards, but i, I got to stick with the Ticats. I'm going to go uh, BC here. They, uh, they're they desperate, or at least they should be. Uh, they want to get to third place in the West, and I know the Tiger Cats probably want to finish first in the East, but the Lions are fighting for their lives. They need this game if they want to play playoff football. And you have to think, it's hard to beat a team twice in a row. To beat a team three times in a row, if oh. that takes a lot yeah. to get that done in a year. It does, especially for football. It doesn't matter how bad or how good one team is. that Anything can happen. They've almost beaten Calgary. They've almost beaten Edmonton as well. So if they can get into the playoffs, they're going to cause those teams uh, a little bit of trouble. I'm going to pick BC for that one. Uh, Saturday, it looks like we got a double header there as well. It is Ottawa and Winnipeg. It's the home and home here. Uh, who do you pick? <sighs> Ottawa. Winnipeg's not any good <laughs> right now. I can't. I can't pick them, and I can't pick against Ottawa in this as much as I want to. Obviously, but Ottawa's just a better football team. Ottawa for me, on the road, they're three and four on the year. You know, they, they just they're underwhelming on the road. So I think Winnipeg can do it. They are desperate. I'm going to choose Bombers here, 
And I, I just want to see that awesome race to the end to see who's going to finish third in the West uh, and uh, get things done there. I think Ottawa on the road a little bit. They don't, you know, they don't get it done as well. So uh, I'm going Bombers in that one. And then we wrap up things. Second half of the doubleheader, Saskatchewan and Edmonton. Will the Riders play role of spoiler? I would hope so. I'm, I, we got tickets to the game through work. Probably oh. going to make the trip. Nice. I'd like to see a win, but at the same time, I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll see what we'll see how my tune changes at halftime. But I mean, I think this is Edmonton's game going away. I do want to see some pictures from the stands. And Are you some, not going to be there uh, in Regina? Yeah, the uh, trip. Uh, I won't be there. Oh. What am I doing this weekend? I just know I won't be there. Probably an engagement road trip, and I got to go see the family. Unless you can fly me there. Ooh, I could probably make that happen. <laughs> Charitable donation? <laughs> yeah, that's a tax write-off. Yeah. It's a work expense. You you, you, <laughs> you asked me how much uh, advertising costs on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get some more clientele. <laughs> uh the Eskimos, they they just, the last few weeks here, they beat BC by three. They beat Calgary by four. They beat Winnipeg by one. They have a game that they should have lost. Yeah, this is the ugliest six-game winning streak I have ever seen. <laughs> Do I think the Riders put an end to it? No. I am. Uh, I'm going to pick uh, Eskimos. So officially, lock your pick in here. You're picking Edmonton. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Eskimos and hope for the best. All right, <laughs> that does it. Episode 22 of the Two and Out CFL podcast. I am locked on my phone here, trying to see if there is a baby uh, coming out. Oh, John has just uh, replied to my text. I said, "Dude, I didn't see there a water broke." And then John, uh, all caps, LOL. Uh, sorry, I'm seriously laughing out loud. That's amazing. Right about when you were bitching about me, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yep, that is it. when uh, he. Uh, that is when we saw the text message, John. So uh, <laughs> we apologize for that. You go be a uh, good husband. Hopefully, you're a better husband than you are a uh, podcast co-host. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, Fraser Baby Watch 2015. <laughs> I hope she can be in labor until November 29th, so we can have a great cup, baby. Oh, no, man. I don't know anything about the female anatomy, but that would not be good. <laughs> For anybody. <laughs> Best of luck to John. I will uh, update our uh, It's Complicated Relationship status to... What's a step above that? Uh, I, I don't even think you put a uh, relationship status up. You just read it. Okay. And people can make their own conclusions. <laughs> so it's still complicated. <laughs> All right, thanks for stepping up, uh, Brazilian Ty, even though I had to wait for you to get up the can so we could start recording. Hey, you guys got to do what you guys got to do. <laughs> when nature calls, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, thanks for stepping in, man. Not a problem, anytime. All right, that does it. Episode 22, follow, like on Facebook, to and out CFL. You can rate, subscribe, and <laughs> review on iTunes. We got a nasty review last week. Uh, It made me smile, though. Uh, Keep those coming on iTunes. Have a good one. We'll talk to you next week.